Welcome to Impressions, a podcast of non-genre-specific, impressionistic music recommendations. There's an accompanying Spotify playlist for each episode. You can find it on our website, impressionspodcast.com. You might want to listen to the songs before or after this episode, or you might want to listen along with us. We'll give you a cue. My name is Busy Hemphill. My name is Nick Forrest. Nick, what is a final girl? You tell me your definition. I think like the simplest definition, it's the last person standing in a horror movie, typically a slasher movie, and mm-hmm. like 90% of the time it's it's a woman. Mm-hmm. I found out that the term final girl was coined by a UC Berkeley professor, Carol Jean Clover. It came up in the 90s. And, you know, I think it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, like from an academic lens, from just a horror fan lens. But for me, like, you know, it's the last person standing and it's sort of this embodiment of survival and resilience and power. Mm -hmm. It's the character you end up identifying with Mm -hmm. in the film. But, you know, in the 70s and 80s, the final girl was this like just conservative kind of tool to say like, oh, don't have sex be a good girl, like, don't be the slut, like, and you'll survive. Like in Scream, how they talk about who gets to survive. What does the final girl mean to you? I just think of her as this, like, badass who is smart. Yes. Like, she, like, is able to start recognizing patterns. She often, like, captures the killer in a trap. Mm -hmm. They're young. They're often in high school or college. Um, They're kind of discovering themselves, and through this, like, horrific endeavor that they have to go through Mm -hmm. god they come out on the other side and i don't know i do feel so bad for them too because i think about how much trauma they have as being the sole survivor of Mm -hmm. all of their friends dying right so (laughs) and then like in so many movies like they're forced to then like relay the tale to the outside world like yeah you know and like possibly the police don't believe them that's a trope that happens like because all of this stuff is also so horrific then that sometimes they get blamed for it Mm -hmm. too because they're Mm -hmm. the last person alive so Mm Yeah, man, I don't think it's like an envious position in in a lot of ways to be a final girl. No. But like more power to you, man. They are inspiring. They are inspiring. They are inspiring. Ryan is uh, is super into like trashy 80s slasher movies that's Mm -hmm. his that's his jam he loves it i don't love them as much as he does but like within the first like 10 minutes of the movie we always try to guess the final girl 90 percent of the time not to brag like i'm right because it's like (laughs) kind of like the nerdy cool smart one who's just like a little bit out of place in the group of friends or in the group of people yeah she doesn't conform man no that's how she's able to survive yeah exactly so getting into my picks you know i was definitely thinking about all of these things we do, we were talking about, kind of survival, trauma, creativity, not quite fitting in. The first song I pick gets at this idea that the final girl, like, she just gets all this shit thrown at her and she's just forced to roll with it and forced to take it and kind of find creative ways to survive. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I love combining the idea of, like, horror with sort of, like, upbeat sounding songs. Yeah, so definitely. this first song is by a band called Late Verlaine. Um, and it's called Roll Like a Dummy. Impressions. Okay, so I had two 
differing images in terms of where this song would appear in a movie. Mm-hmm. So the first one, the immediate one, it would be kind of the credit song that happens after a cold open. Yeah. You see the first death happen. That's mm-hmm. obviously not the final girl. And then you have this song come in. It's kind of cheerful. It almost feels kind of like, I don't know, 60s and yeah. boppy. Like uh-huh. you just kind of want to skip to school Mm -hmm. listening to the song and then it made me think of how like so many slasher movies of the 70s 80s 90s I don't know the 21st century as well like a lot of them take place in the suburbs yeah there's very few that take place in the deep city Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is an interesting thing to me totally I guess that also might be why they tend to be really white, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's great commentary on um, whiteness in horror movies. Yep. But because they tend to take place in the suburbs, this song is really perfect for opening credits, too. There's like an almost normalcy in the song. I was also getting like this 80s suburban setting. Yeah. There's like so many 80s slasher movies. They're all pretty shitty. Yeah. They're all really similar. <laughs> but it goes with that like kind of like conservative um, Reagan era like mm-hmm. moralizing that happened in a lot of these movies. They were basically just like don't have sex teenagers. Look what can happen. But at the same time they were a little bit subversive too because they did still show f- sexuality they did still show teenagers having sex yeah but the other place i thought that this could be in a movie when you were talking about that juxtaposition of like cheerful music with horror it would be a nice kind of ironic pick to put behind her running away from the killer yeah like actually like physically running not even in a car like like she's like stumbling down a hill she's a little bit hapless because hey there's a killer coming after her and why has she prepared for this in her life she never has no who has no (laughs) i haven't oh god Situating in the movie, like, I love it as a cold open. I also think it could work as kind of like when you actually see her survive. And then this song just sort of Mm. plays into the credits. Mm -hmm. And she's like kind of walking away from this scene of carnage that she survived. I think if you did have this in the beginning of the movie and you actually kept the whole song going, Mm -hmm. that little bridge that happens in the middle of the song Mm -hmm. where the synths become less defined and more kind of pad-like and woozy almost. And it gets a little bit more minor it's like a portent of the discomfort that's soon to come the clouds are hanging low watch out for the feelings i was guarding or the dust in my eyes you should i kind of structured my picks as how a movie would kind of go like most slasher movies are involve again girls we're talking about like Mm -hmm. teenagers Mm -hmm. usually so this song just feels like a really bored teenager waking up and being like "Ugh, i have all of these things i have to do today (laughs) and you just don't even know what's about to happen i love it this is called 7 a.m by jacqueline tayeb Whatever movie that's in, I would 
love. So like <laughs> one of my ultimate fantasies that I have about myself is that I can sort of pull off the effortlessly chic look of like a French woman mm. in the 1960s, oh, yeah. like emerging from her Parisian apartment. Her hair is a mess, but she looks gorgeous. Like she throws on this oversized sweater and like some expensive bag and it's just like you're good for the She's day. She's got some great sunglasses too. Great sunglasses. It sounds like it's straight out of the 60s. I don't know that for sure. It is. <laughs> Having watched so many shitty 80s horror movies, like, and being able to kind of identify the final girl, she's always the one, like, especially in 80s movies in the suburbs where it's usually an entirely white cast. Like, mm-hmm. the girls that are going to kill, they're wearing, like, cool 80s outfits. They all look like yeah. they shop at the mall and, like, have the latest styles. They got high ponies. Like, they got polo shirts And on. then the final girl is, like, she, she looks cool because, like, she has, like, her hair is not really done. She's usually wearing, like, an oversized sweater. Like, to a contemporary viewer in 2021, like, she's like, oh, yeah, she looks kind of cool. Like, mm-hmm. that's an outfit I would wear. Mm-hmm. But she's clearly being, like, set aside from the dominant clique. Usually yeah. out of necessity because she's poor yeah. or she's a nerd or whatever, yeah. you know? And I think that gets at this sort of, like, effortless, chic stereotype that I have of French women in the sixties <laughs> where like they can look good no matter what they do because like they just don't give a fuck. And yeah. that in and of itself is really cool. Oh, I have to go to work. Oh, I have yeah. an English test today. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> I had this image of like her going to work in a diner where they have to wear little waitress outfits yes, from the mid century. Absolutely. And like the rich kids are like mean to her somehow. Yeah, yeah. And she has to like clean up after them and they uh-huh. didn't tip or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the songs playing, I'm just like, I know man, life sucks. Like this song has has such an essence of suburban boredom totally. life sucks I love that. or maybe urban boredom whatever but <laughs> teenage boredom life sucks and it does have this like rebellious streak too and mm-hmm. I was thinking also about how like final girls aren't always like quote the good kids right. like but they are the smart ones yeah. and they might not be smart in terms of doing well in school but mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. clever totally it's a Monday isn't it exam today. Mm, I wish I had Paul McCartney to help me. just to annoy the neighbors who are always complaining. But I love setting it in, like, the United States suburbs. This would be such a good opening. It's like an opening yeah. to introduce the final girl in a movie. I'm into it. I love all the details. Mm-hmm. Like, I love how the toothbrushes and then the sweater choice kind of come full circle. And then she's yeah. paralyzed by, like, I can't even figure out which sweater to wear. But these, like, super mundane problems, yeah. right? Yeah, but they sort of just trip you up as you're trying to get out the door. And I think that's so relatable. I mean, I hate yes. waking up in the morning. Like, 7 a.m. to me is about as early as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I feel that. So I'm really yeah. scared of horror movies. I, I yeah. like watching them, but I'm terrified of them at the same time. Yeah. And living with a partner who's, like, obsessed with horror movies, like, he literally will watch them to go to sleep. Oh, my God. Um, No. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, there is this moment in a horror movie where it's sort of, like, everything is normal. And as a viewer, I'm like, oh, I can get through this. It's just, like, the normal day. Like, everything's fine. Yes. And it's just enjoying that moment where there's kind of nothing going on. Getting to know the characters initially. I enjoy that part of movies, honestly. (laughs) Like, learning what their house looks like. Yeah. Like, seeing their neighbors. Yeah. 
seeing the mailman go by. Yeah. What's their relationship with all of these different people? It builds the world. And I think like the song is so fun because like in my mind, she's in like an apartment living with her parents, just quickly getting ready in the morning. And she's really only talking about like toothbrushes and sweaters, but (laughs) it paints a pretty detailed picture um, of this moment in time. And I think that's what a good horror movie does in the beginning as well. I'm feeling better, almost on my way. Uh, which sweater shall I wear today? Which sweater shall I wear today? The blue one? The red one? The next song, I gotta say, it's a little bit of a literal pick. Great. In a lot of the earlier Final Girl iterations, she's kind of virginal. She's the one who doesn't have sex. That definitely changes as the 80s go on into the 90s and especially now into the present day. So this song, it it gets at that a little bit. It plays against that. But also, like, when you're a Final Girl, everyone is dead. Mm -hmm. You're the last one left. Mm -hmm. I heard this song for the first time in a horror movie Mm -hmm. and I thought it worked really, really well. It's a horror movie about gay zombies Mm -hmm. from Bruce LaBruce. Um, It's called Otto or Up with dead people we rewatched it i realized like in my early 20s i had a much higher patience for like arty plotless movies (laughs) than i do right now at age 36 so i'm just gonna say that (laughs) i'm just gonna say that cool 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 however this song is great it's by a band called the homophones i don't think they exist anymore but they are from philadelphia Mm -hmm. um and it's called everyone's dead I really liked the lyric of the policeman in our head. Mm -hmm. There's not that many lyrics. That one really stood out to me for two things. Like one, if I'm placing this in a horror movie, the policeman in your head is this hope that you're going to be saved, right? Like you're like, oh, the authorities are coming. We've called the police. They're going to be able to save the day. But they're actually just in your head. They're not around. Mm -hmm. Can't actually rely on them. Mm -hmm. So that's one way to interpret it. The other one, which I think is probably what they're intending is the sense of authority or self-regulating that you do but also then thinking about the final girl I was like maybe she's trying to harness the policeman in her head Mm. to try to gain this sense of power when is white society taught to call the police Mm -hmm. it's like for anything literally anything oh you don't know what to do just call the police and so i like this idea that i mean you can't call them you have to call on yourself in your head to try to fix whatever's coming at you i love this idea that it's a way to be believable it's a way to like kind of verify your story when it seems completely absurd Mm -hmm. there's at the end of so many of these movies like it's the police that are like we booked the report and this is what happened and like Wipe your hands and it's done. Right. Or they don't believe you, which is a whole other thing. Or they don't thing. believe you and they just completely dismiss you. I also love like, in a lot of like the recent, especially like Jordan Peele horror mm-hmm. movies, like the police are a form of terror. Mm-hmm. And like, especially in Get Out, like when the police come, oh my God. as a viewer, you're terrified. You think they're going to murder oh the main character. Yeah. I just think like the ambiguity of the police in horror is, is really interesting, especially considering like so much of horror is so white up until oh, pretty recently. Yeah. Wanna swing on the swings Just to see how high we can get Yeah, there's no one around Except for the policemen in our head Yeah, there's no one around Let's pretend that everyone's dead 
Man, all the songs we've picked so far are very cheery songs. <laughs> I know, what like, is, what is something, just, are we okay? <laughs> I know, it definitely does not give the sense that, as the song implies, everybody's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why did I choose such a cheerful song? Like, why are my first two picks so cheerful? I think it's because I'm so terrified of horror that I need to have like, mm. like oh, it's okay, it's okay, when you're like really about to scream inside. So I hate to say it, but I love an ironic song choice in a horror movie. Like, I just Me find too. them, they're so fun. They make it easier to watch, but they also make it a little bit disturbing as well. I think for me, there's definitely a contradictory element of like, it becomes both more normalized Mm -hmm. and more absurd at the same time. There's like so much about playground equipment and playing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. there's like a xylophone and it feels kind of like a seesaw because it goes like down, up, down, Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And then children singing. Is it always creepy? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) at least the times I've heard it, it's always a little bit demonic and creepy. There's something off. Yeah, there's something off. I think it's because they don't really know how to sing on pitch. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's it. (laughs) So it always sounds like it's like ghostly. Also, like whenever I hear children singing, like there's this real sense that they're frozen in time because your voice changes so rapidly, Mm. like when you're a child. So like you're really capturing like, I don't know, a period of like five or six years in someone's life. Mm -hmm. And so there's that. But I also think mostly it's just like they're usually yelling off pitch. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just like a bunch of banshees screaming. next song I'm playing is by my friend Alina B. And this is kind of that part in the movie where I guess everybody's dead. It's perfect. It's happening right after your song. So like kind of everyone's dying. She's trying to regroup and like figure out how she's going to end up surviving this hot mess that exists around her. So this song is called Take a Bite by Alina B. Finally, a song that's a little creepier. Yeah. (laughs) We've been spending so much time in the 80s in our discussion, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of delightful that this song opened up with 80s sounding synths, but modern 80s sounding synths in a way that feels very now and very contemporary. The song was so confident. Like, I immediately Mm. just wrote, like, confidently striding forward, Mm -hmm. like, out of the massive bodies of your friends, or, like, out of the... (laughs) Like, out of the horrible crime scene you were just part of. And then this kind of, like, I don't know what to call it, like a break beat. Like, the beat picks up right. a little bit. comes a little bit trip-hoppy. Yeah, I called it crunchy mishmash. Crunchy mishmash. I like it. And then there's some strings that come into play. So I got the sense, like, oh my god, like, the reality is setting in. Like, yeah. you see bodies everywhere. Or like, you're sort of surveying the damage around you. And there's nothing you can do about it except sort of exit and escape. The the changing in beats back and forth, because it goes from mm-hmm. this, like, very, mm-hmm. like, plodding yeah. beat. And then the first verse, it goes into that, like, crunchy mishmash. And then the chorus, it comes back. You know, it goes back and forth. And that feels so much like what I imagine a final girl must be going through. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to do it. And then, like, God, I don't even know. Like, is it going to be this? Is it gonna... And, like, all of the kind of jumbled thoughts of, like, okay, how am I even going to do this like why do I think that I can it very much felt like this is an internal monologue this is the character singing to herself 
there's no one else around. Like at this point, everyone is dead. So they're just reminding themselves like, I survived this. I survived this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of powerful moments in the song. In the second verse, when she's singing, there's like a whispered shadow of the same lyrics Ooh. that's happening behind her. And it's... <laughs> I started thinking, I was like, ooh, maybe that's like the spiritual help that you get. Like either it's you tapping into your own intuition or maybe a spirit is coming out to help you. And it reminded me of the grandma in Moana when she's like Uh about to give up Uh and the grandma's like, it's okay. You have a hard task, basically. And and I know Moana is not a horror movie, but she's kind of a final girl she's like it's a survival yeah. mission every time i think about the grandma from moana i get like full body shivers including right now i know i love her so much <laughs> i love her so much oh my god I was also thinking about the name of the song too, and I was like, well, I guess if you like put this in a zombie or a vampire <laughs> movie, it's like literally they're all trying to take a bite out of you. Totally, yeah. There's the repeated line towards the end. You have to be the only one who knows. Like, there's no choice. Right. Like, she didn't, and then it transforms into you are the only one who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really subtle shift, like that, that feels such like that reluctant final girl. Like, mm. She didn't want to be the only one to survive. She didn't sort of like have any agency in that choice necessarily. Everything else is kind of dropped out and it's really just her voice singing, you are the Mm -hmm. only one. And then that vocal breakthrough is like this really strong resolve. Okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go forward. There's a sense of loss and empowerment Mm -hmm. all at the same time. And Mm -hmm. there's this very creepy end in the song where things become a little off kilter and I just wrote down bendy. Yes. Including the strings that really melt into each other. And so with these like dips and curves of like, we don't really know Mm -hmm. what we're Mm -hmm. doing. We kind of have a sense of structure, but also like, I don't know, we might still die. So it's like, I survive, but like at what cost? Mm -hmm. And also like, what will I now have to carry with me into the future? Like there's that trauma, there's that uncertainty. And this song ends with a big question mark. Yeah. Um, And it's sad and creepy. Yeah. I'm thinking about like us, like here's a spoiler alert. If you don't want us, the horror movie to be spoiled for you, like when they're driving away, and you kind of realize the true identity of um, the mom, the, who is also the final girl. Yeah. And there's like a moment of recognition between the mother and child. Mm. And there's a sense like, what are we driving into? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. are we going to survive this? Was this the correct choice? timeline of the world we created this song is well after the end of the movie the final girl has survived she sort of dealt with 
the trauma somewhat, but there's this still lingering sense of dread and doom. This is maybe me projecting onto the final girl, but you never want to go through that shit again. No. Like, I think it would be a great luxury to just have a simple, boring life. I know. Poor fucking Nev Campbell. Or Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, these poor women who are just like, oh, I have to do this again? Oh, cool. I know. Okay. Um, So wouldn't it be nice if Jamie Lee Curtis could just have a normal, boring life and live in, like, wherever she lives and just, like, fucking carve a pumpkin without having to worry about getting murdered by a psychopathic, like, killer in a mat? Like, just a normal Halloween. Like, just give out the candy. Yeah. Put up the decorations. So this song is about that. (laughs) It's called I'll Take It Boring. And it's by an artist called Jordana, Jordana, either way. Impressions. So the chorus is much more standard and, quote, boring compared to the verses Mm -hmm. in that it is based on more like traditional and familiar chord structures. And I love how unboring the verses are. They're so (laughs) creepy. And just the intervals that happen in the verses are like, whoa, 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 what's happening? Mm -hmm. It made me think that like the verses are really the memories, the past that kind of creeps into the present that you're still holding on to. And the chorus is you trying to push that out and say like, no, 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 no. I'll take it boring. Like, I, I really don't need any of that. Like, I, I just don't. I want this mm. to be much more mm-hmm. standard. But you can't really stamp it all out. Like, mm-hmm. they, the verses do just keep kind of coming back. It has a pretty exciting driving beat throughout the entire song. Yeah, I'll take it boring. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's this insistence. Like, she keeps repeating, like, I'll yeah. take it boring, I'll take it boring, like... There's a sense like maybe that's impossible to do that anymore. Like, yep. like definitely. The fact that, like, you're kind of pining after like writing a poem and reading a magazine kind of means that that's sort of an impossible experience for you yeah in in the world of this song i love that like whatever happened it happened on halloween which i i know a big reason why i chose the song the one lyric that really stood out for me that made me smile is i'm in a movie and the scene is a catastrophe yep yep like i got this sort of like shakespearean aside where like the character looks directly at the camera and like addresses the viewer and just they're like can you believe this fucking shit this sucks <laughs> film that we've invented this is sort of like five years later and you see where the, what the characters are doing and like maybe the hand does pop out of the grave definitely but you're so eager to convince yourself that everything is past mm-hmm. i do like this idea that these these poor women from these horror movies actually just get to live can i just have like a job like that's <laughs> can i pay my taxes and like do a job and not have to worry no. about being killed by a ghost please when i think about like my career yeah. ambitions like do i want to like, <laughs> no i don't like i don't really want to achieve anything of great significance i just want to fucking be happy yeah. and have like a nice life with my partner and my yes. friends like if i have to have a yes. job to do that so be it 
I'll take it boring. I'll take it's it fine. Boring. I was reading something about Tauruses mm-hmm. a, a couple of years ago, and it was like, you might have a job that other people find boring, but it's fine for you because yeah. exactly what you're saying, Nick, it's just like, you just look at it as subsistence totally. and a way to survive. Yeah. And I was like, yep, yeah. actually, that's true. And I think some people do think jobs I've had Same. are like, why are yeah. you doing that? And I'm like, because it's a yeah. literal fucking no, I've had job. People be like, That's oh, you're why. so creative. Why yep. would you want to do that? I'm like, mm-hmm. because I don't really want to put any energy into it. I want to preserve my creativity for myself. <laughs> exactly. Like that's for me. Yeah. That's my. That's mine. Yeah. You don't get to capitalize <laughs> off of my creativity. Mm-hmm. Ugh, people don't get it. <laughs> I hate relating everything back to like the pandemic, but we're all sort of in a moment of survival. I mean, I'm not going to say like we have reached the end of anything, but it's been a fucked up couple of years and we're in many ways still in the middle of it. Yeah. All I want right now is for things to be boring and easy and to not have to like think about how fraught it is to be out in public. I think some people think like, I can't believe you still care. And I'm like, I don't know. The virus doesn't care about you. Right. Whatever. I'm in the verses Mm -hmm. of this song. Mm -hmm. I definitely do not feel anywhere close to being in the, in the chorus. field of dead bodies like well, who the fuck cares anymore who the like, fuck cares where are we ending it so this last song is called spiritual eternal because Ooh. guess what everybody's dead so it is an instrumental song just prepare yourself cool. there's definitely a triumph in there mm-hmm. and there's also still a lot of unsurety is that a word insecure we'll go with insecurity yeah. so in in my little movie of like waking up and being like i have to have a test today and <laughs> the toothbrush. realizing all your friends are dead and then this is the end where like you did it you annihilated whatever was after you whether it is spiritual and you somehow did a mm-hmm. ceremony to get it back to where it's supposed to be or it is a human killer and you yeah. have managed yeah. to set a trap and kill them whatever So this last song is really you crawling out of the cabin or wherever you were kept and Mm. just kind of facing the sunlight again. Spiritual Eternal by Alice Coltrane. What a good ending for a movie. I love this idea that you're escaping like the dungeon you've been trapped in or like exiting the murder house. And I I imagine if you're in that situation, like entering the quote unquote real world can feel surreal and it could kind of feel like you're re-experiencing reality for the very first time again. Or like if you've ever been like outside in the bright light and then suddenly going indoors, it's like the lights are off, like your eyes are adjusting or vice versa. There's this recalibration of your senses, Mm. the way you experience the world through your body so you have this analog synthesizer organ electric piano clav i'm gonna say analog synthesizer if you're a music nerd and you want to yell at me like correct us please do at impressionspodcast.com i would love to know sincerely so you have this analog synthesizer it's sort of noodling around it's indistinct Mm -hmm. it sounds really fuzzy and kind of clunky but then like as soon as you kind of adjust and recalibrate to the world there's this triumphant wall of strings 
like this relief and it feels celebratory, but there is also a strain of darkness. At the beginning, hearing that it was kind of an organ, I was like, oh, this is almost kind of a call to prayer, mm. but it's so like wobbly yeah. and like, yeah. that it's just so like unharmonious. And maybe you're at a loss of like, who do I call to mm-hmm. for prayer? Like I just went through this terrible ordeal and like maybe, yeah, God helped me survive. But like, man, when I was in the middle of that and praying like no one was coming to my mm-hmm. aid, like all of my friends mm-hmm. died. So just this like real discombobulation yeah. there. This could be an incredible like funeral march or this could be an incredible like mm-hmm. a celebration of an end, which is always mm-hmm. tinged with some kind of sadness. know we get into this kind of triumphant wall of strings and then the keyboard it picks up and it starts to groove and it becomes a little bit more defined and confident yeah like you have that great solo like and it's just like okay like we're finding our footing like the final girl if we're mapping it down to instruments like she's the keyboard Mm -hmm. she's the analog synth that's sort of just like trudging through all of this noise when the orchestra comes in the organ is able to kind of fit into it so it is like this external world and you're like oh okay like maybe this is how I work Mm -hmm. if this is the movie to me the orchestra sound is like the hometown kind of welcoming you back into the fold that solo it still is a little bit all over totally the place. yeah like it's fit into the constraints there's kind of a beat in the background mm-hmm. now but it's kind of like you're smiling at everyone yeah. but you like are really unsure what's mm-hmm. happening and and because you've just been through this horrific experience like you don't really have a lot of great like social graces yeah. at this moment too like you kind of say the wrong mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and you're very blunt about your experience mm-hmm. in a way that people aren't really comfortable with but then they're just gonna play those strings again and be like isn't it great she survived like they write the newspaper article about Mm -hmm. you that Mm -hmm. is so celebratory about how you managed to do all of this stuff and that's kind of what's canonized and so like it ends on that it doesn't end on you and I don't even know how to feel Mm -hmm. anymore I don't know who is my god that's all gone away all you get is that like look at this like triumphant story about this girl who survived this terrible ordeal Yeah, you're just sort of fit into like a larger narrative that's like about symbolism and about the idea of resilience. It's not about anything real or personal. Survive, literally. literally. 
We have survived spooky season. We have gotten through it. The ironic thing is actually we're just entering it. Yeah, as so we have no idea. This. We actually have no idea what's about to happen. If you're hearing this, you survived. We're not sure about ourselves. If you have any suggestions for songs that you would like us to play or any ideas for themes, please visit impressionspodcast.com and let us know. If you like the podcast, tell your friends. Leave a review on Apple. I know it sounds cheesy, but it matters. You don't even have to leave a review. Just rate us. Rate. That's literally rate all it. you have to do. Just tell press us. the stars. Yeah. If you're one of our 10 or so listeners, give us a rating. We would love it. Sometimes listening to a podcast that you know not many people listen to, you kind of feel like a final girl. Like you're the only one hearing this thing. Yeah. Is anybody hearing this? Are you guys getting this? No? Yeah. Okay. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we have no idea. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Those were our impressions.